It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, May 10th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is excited to talk some phantom season wrap-up with Maddie Campbell from Broad Street Hockey. One last time. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the lovely and talented Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all of our episodes and the Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to get caught up on a little bit of news, our last thoughts going into tonight's draft lottery. And then, like I said earlier, we are going to have our last Phantoms Tuesday of this season with Maddie Campbell of Broad Street Hockey. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe, you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, so I think there's a couple pieces of news here, one Flyers-related and one not Flyers-related that provokes some interesting conversations. So first off, Travis Sanheim named to Team Canada for Men's Worlds. I think that's really great for him to get some you know, international play under his belt. And you know, if anybody from the Flyers was going to go play at Worlds, I'm glad it's him. Yeah, actually, it's an opportunity for the Flyers, too. They should probably send a scout to make sure they really watch him intently, see how the usage is. Maybe they can get some ideas, but also this is a salary year. Like, you need to see what he could do away from this bad team. Like, that's something where I think it's a big opportunity for them to kind of see where his game is at. That's a really good point about seeing him play with some more elite talent around him and see where he falls in the pecking order mm-hmm. in that talent in terms of what the coaches on, on Team Canada decide to do there. So, yeah, that, that is a really fair point. And I certainly hope that you're right, that they do send a scout over there to watch the tournament uh, for Travis Sandheim most specifically, but also to take a look at some other guys who may free agents, free agents. Yeah that may be good depth signings as well, that may be you know, cheaper alternatives mm-hmm. to some other players that could help them deal with the cap situation next year. So good opportunity for the Flyers there. The other big news in hockey yesterday, Barry Trotz was let go by the New York Islanders in, I would say, a pretty surprising decision there by Lou Lamarillo. Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising that lose the last man standing. We're not surprised at that. Well. <laughs> I'll tell you that there's some things here. They kind of were built for like a one-year window. Trotz's contract is up next year after next year. So they probably were kind of looking at the team, seeing what they can do with it. It's going to be a hard job for Lou this summer to kind of rotate some of the talent out and in to freshen it up. But also you have to look at Matt Barzell, who – Used to score 85 points, is down to 60, 59, not shooting the puck as much. And that's a function of the trot system, too. They're boring hockey. They're not selling tickets. They're like 16th in a league in ticket sales. And that is affecting the fan base, too. So I'm not saying that all pushed trots out. But I think it sort of probably 
ownership probably put, had to push Lou in a direction of saying, we need more offense in this. And Barry, can you kind of open it up a little bit more offensively while keeping your system intact? Because the Flyers fan, I'm a Flyers fans, the Islander fans don't want to show up right now. I do think though, that, even though we knew they weren't going to make the playoffs because that field was pretty well set, the Islanders did remarkably better in the second half of the season and Mm -hmm. slowly worked their way up the standings to them being kind of the last team standing that didn't make the playoffs. And I think Barry Trotz was a huge part of that, that they had so many woes early in the season between COVID and the new building going on, you know, a six or eight week road trip essentially to start the season that there were so many exceptions to the rule here that it seemed to me that that they would have given Barry Trotz that one more season. I think that's fair. Um, they didn't have any pressure on him after a while, though. That's part of it. But also, so what if Trotz didn't want to go into this last year without having assurances of a of a future deal? If you're the Islanders, based on recent results and Barzell and everything else, could you fork over another four million for another three years? Like that maybe was part of this too. Well, speaking over about uh, forking over some cash, we do know that it's a blank check with the Flyers to some degree. And of course, the question will have to come up, is Barry Trotz a coach that the Flyers should go after? But also, are the Flyers a team that Barry Trotz would consider? That's the most important. Like, of course, they should go after him. But, you know, Trotz is going to look at all these opportunities out there And could the Flyers ever be the number one? No, we have to be realistic. Could they even be two or three? Maybe three. I mean, you got to remember, even the Leafs could possibly open up. He's from Manitoba, right? So Winnipeg seems like a logical one. But now people are like, well, he has a summer house in Vancouver, and maybe that opens up. Okay. But I don't think Vancouver is much better off than the Flyers, so I don't think that's a thing. I look at Barry Trotz at his age and saying he kind of wants to go somewhere that's on that winning path maybe just missed out or even just got eliminated from these playoffs. I think that's more what he's looking for because the flyers would have to change personnel. And I don't know how much they could really change. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think he would most likely end up on a team where maybe he needs a year, a season to establish his system and figure out what's going to work best. And then the year after that is where that team makes the huge playoff push. Right. Yeah. And is are the Flyers in that position? I mean, all signs point to no, says my magic eight ball. But see, this is this is where right. While there's probably three or four or five teams going after Barry Trotz, this is where if you're the Flyers and you make the call, but you don't feel like he really wants to go there, you move in on somebody else. You don't want to be that last team that everybody wants to go to. And then all of a sudden you don't really have a choice of top talent. That's why I still would go to Tortorella first because he at least will get the most out of what they have. Like that's a guarantee. That's a John Tortorella guarantee. He will get more out of less. And I think that's where the flyers are at right now, at least for this year, uh, this upcoming year. Then after that, you want to talk to talk it. You want to talk to Maurice. Although I don't think Maurice is really the right fit, mm-hmm. but I think you could line up two or three others 
while teams are all wondering about trots because only one team's going to get trots. And if you hang in the race with everybody else waiting on trots, the market could, could fill up pretty quick, like the other empty chairs. That's what the worry is. Yeah, we'll have to see what the process looks like with Barry Trotz. And is he in a frame of mind where he wants to make a jump to another team right away? Or is he going to hold back and wait a, a month or, or even two months to make a, a decision? So I, I think that'll weigh on a lot of teams going into this offseason. Again, stranger things have happened, but I don't well, Let me Barry ask you Trotz this bigger question because it just, it just came in my head. They're making the profile for the coach. Do they change the profile because Barry Trotz is out there and they just throw that thought away? Or what if the profile that they make, somebody reads it and says, this isn't Barry Trotz. Do the Flyers have the guts to go that route and ignore Barry Trotz? That's the question. I don't know. I think that is a big question, and it's hard to tell with Chuck Fletcher and this group, honestly. It's hard to know what they're going to prioritize because they tend to do things that are different from what we would do honestly but any last thoughts before we wrap uh for the draft lottery tonight they're gonna go fifth like it's it's i just did another one and i said before it happened it's gonna be fifth and it was fifth like it's it's almost a mortal lock here i think so too i think that's where we're at but if you wanted to bet on where the Flyers are going to end up in the draft lottery, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's Stanley Cup playoffs, basketball playoffs, and the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from all our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so like we said at the top of the show, it's our last Phantoms Tuesday of the season, and we are thrilled to welcome from Broad Street Hockey, Maddie Campbell, to break down everything that happened in this past Phantom season. Uh, she is the expert over at Broad Street Hockey, and I am excited to start this conversation. Welcome, Maddie. Hey. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Maddie. So it was kind of a rough go for the Phantoms this year, uh, much like with the Flyers. But what's your overall like 30,000 foot take on what happened in Lehigh Valley this season? It's a lot of things. I mean, certainly injuries and COVID and the taxi squads randomly coming back for like a month uh, did not help them a whole lot. Uh, they also had to go through new some growing pains with a brand new coach, uh, which I think we're going to be getting into a bit more later. But uh, yeah, it was it was real not good. Just like <laughs> everything, like scoring was down. Special teams were worse. Uh, they finished last in their division, and not a whole lot of positives to take out of the season. If I'm being super honest. Okay, and my thirty thousand foot question is. 
Did you think the organization paid enough attention to Lehigh this year compared to other years? It really seems like they're an afterthought. Uh, you know, I think, I think no. And I think uh, them making a point of uh, papering Max Willman and Cam York so that they would be available for the AHL playoffs when like, if you had been paying even a little bit of attention, it was pretty clear that they were not going to be making the playoffs. So that was just a very weird move and felt pretty out of touch. Uh, so feels like a no there. For us, the way we've been approaching the Phantoms this season is that, you know, they had two goals was to ice a competitive team and to really build a system with Ian LaPerriere, but also develop their prospects. So, on the prospect development side, I think that Isaac Radcliffe made the best progress overall this season, but there wasn't a ton of huge leaps forward, to be honest. But, you know, where do you see their prospect development this season? Um, I would say it was okay. Um, Radcliffe, like you mentioned, definitely took the biggest step. Um, if you were to pick any other standouts, it would probably be Hayden Hodgson. But, um yeah, not a whole lot going on for the prospects for them this year. And uh, like I said, there was kind of a lot of other things going on with the team, but um, a little bit disappointing, I think, in just how little we saw in terms of big development from the prospects. So question for you, when it was pretty clear Cam York was going to be playing with the Flyers, why did we see Mason Millman literally trapped in Reading? It didn't make sense because it seemed like there was an opportunity for him to show he showed that he was healthy. You know, why not get more development? Uh, that's a great question. I <laughs> wish I had an answer for it. Um, I mean, I got to see a bit of him uh, in the playoffs for Reading, and he looks really good down there. Um, I don't know how he really ended up the odd man out there. I mean, it's not like there's – the rest of their defense is fine, but it's not like it's a, a very deep core that he's just been boxed out of because of his age or physical situation. I, there's no real good reason. I don't think that he hasn't gotten a longer look up there. I think a lot of people were surprised that Linus Hogberg got the call up for the Flyers at the end of the season over Wyatt Wiley. Like, do you agree? And do you think that was the right call? I think it's an okay call. Um, I kind of get where they're at there. Um, just that the style that Hogberg plays is he probably would need a little bit less babysitting, if you will, mm -hmm. um, considering the rest of the roster pieces the Flyers had to work with. Uh, it was real rough down the stretch there. Um, in terms of their sort of NHL readiness they're kind of even for me in terms of what I've seen with them uh, or from them with the Phantoms but I understand stylistically why Hogberg was probably the better fit there okay so to follow up on that yeah Hogberg is more plug and play definitely less for Mike Yo to worry about but then essentially Keith Yandel blocked Wyatt Wiley from coming up yeah okay uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I hate that that's true, but it's 100% true. Ugh. We're going to be feeling the trauma of that for years to come, I think. But I think, you know, getting back to Wyatt Wiley, what do you think he needs to do to have a chance at getting that call up next year? 
I think it's a sneaky hard question because it seems like the organization in general seems to be expecting different things from different players in terms of levels of, you know, quote unquote readiness uh, before they want to bring them up. Um, so I'm not exactly sure where they're at with their expectation for Wiley, but I think generally speaking, um, I would still like to see him get a little bit stronger. Um, he's settling his game down a bit more. Uh, so working to, calm down some of the or take out some of the risk in his game he definitely gets a little bit <laughs> tunnel visioning at times and can make some ugly turnovers but I think he's you know brought that down a bit uh this year which was nice to see but it's still very much a work in progress there and what do you think about um Felix Sandstrom my feeling is with Fedotov he's most likely the backup for the Flyers but he may have a a need to play an AHL game or two to kind of get his feet wet and it would seem like, you know, with Sandstrom, he didn't play any worse than like Martin Jones at the beginning of the year, that's for sure, and has shown some steadiness and is an organizational guy. I think you need to sign him in case there is a guy to bounce up there because Urson, because of injury, has fallen just a smidge behind Sandstrom. What is your feeling on that? I, I definitely agree. Um, as we saw this year, uh, too much goalie depth in your system is really not a thing uh something crazy could happen at any time so uh i would love to see him brought back um i'm still on the fence about if i love the idea of him as a more or less nhl regular at this point but i think he certainly earned a look out of camp um and i don't know why they wouldn't bring him back at this point but i, th I think he's kind of solidified his spot yeah, I think Ustamenko is really the guy who's the odd man out in the goalie situation here right now. But I know from the previous year, they did not re-sign Zane McIntyre, which I thought was a huge mistake because he was that stalwart AHL goalie that's going to fill in when you have to do shuffling elsewhere in your supposed NHL development you know, prospect rankings with goaltending. And then, you know, I think the Phantoms got lucky with Pat Nagel. And they, like, they need to have a guy like that back. And so I, I think as long as they can do that and get Pat Nagel back, they'll be okay in trying to test out Fedotov and Sandstrom for that backup slot. Yeah, definitely. Um, as much as I am all team, play the kids all the time, see what happens. Uh, you know, I think you've learned this year, especially that you need a little bit of backup from their veterans. Uh, in case just absolutely everything goes wrong. All right, so here's an off-the-board question because of your day job. I had this thought, and I had forgotten earlier in the year to ask you, do they still use the Dewey Decimal System? They sure do. That's amazing. I would have thought by now they would have just barcoded everything and gotten away with it, gotten at, you know away from it. <laughs> okay. Yep, they're, uh, they're holding on to it for sure. Now, we talked about Ian LaPerriere being a brand new head coach and, you know, there was a, a whole new staff, essentially, and they really had a rough time of it. And I felt like there were a lot of parallels between some of the things that Mike Gio was saying and, and what Lappy was saying in terms of we know what's wrong. It's just not getting fixed. And that concerns me a lot. But what is your take on Lappy's performance this past year and the coaching overall? Yeah, it's um, 
it's kind of hard to parse out again, like because of all the other weirdness going on with the organization. And I don't want to be too harsh on him because he was a, you know, first year head coach and it's, it's a big adjustment for sure. But I was not a huge fan of the hire when it happened. Um, and I'm on the record as saying, I would love to be wrong. I would love to, you know, be pleasantly surprised about uh, what he's able to do this season. And I, I don't know if I'm there. Um, they looked like an absolute disaster for the first, like, two months of the season. And, like, to the point where guys are scrambling around like crazy in the defensive zone, just not looking like they have any idea of what they're supposed to be doing, which is concerning for professionals. Like, I, I would just love to know what was going on in – their practices that had everybody looking so out of sorts come game time. Now they did have that weird week in December where like every other team in their division was shut down with COVID and they had just like a week straight of practices and they started to put it together after that. But again, it's like, do you need all of that practice time? Like shouldn't, I don't know, a, a good coach be able to figure it out a bit more on the fly like that's not a, a normal situation um so we'll see I mean we'll see how he rebounds next year I I don't know that he was like an active detriment to the team this year but it wasn't great another question the Flyers fan base has always been pretty good about sort of staying in touch with Lehigh and seeing what's going on do you feel like this year because of that first two months they, the Flyer, a lot of the Flyers fans sort of checked out in the overall picture of what Lehigh was doing because their team was in trouble, Lehigh was in trouble. It looked like there was no help anywhere, really. Yeah, I could definitely see it. I mean, they won, like, three of their first 18 games. Like, it was brutal, and I really would not blame anybody if they were just like, I, I can't do this, I can't do this to myself. Um, so I, I would think it's, it's definitely possible. Going back to what you said about Ian LaPerriere and his coaching performance, I question if they're going to have a cohesive system in place that whoever they hire for the new head coach of the Flyers, are they going to want to be involved in what the coaching looks like in Lehigh Valley so that they have a, a similar system going? But also, Chuck Fletcher did say that they didn't even have a job description written yet for the head coach when we met with him last week. So, you know, kind of where are you on the scale of hope in terms of having at least a cohesive system in place between the two teams? Um, I think it's going to be okay. I think it's going to come down to probably around training camp. I imagine Perrier and mystery flyers coach will be sitting down and talking about some things that they can get on the same page about just so it's easier for call-ups. Um, I'm trying to be optimistic about uh, things turning around a bit next season, especially with uh, it seems like they're going to get some new prospects joining the mix and that's fun and exciting. I don't want to be all doom and gloom heading into a brand new season, but uh, yeah, it, there's a lot of question marks I, I would say. Because of the way the Flyers front office breaks down, Lehigh Valley technically does not have a general manager. Do you feel like and hope that that would change? I would like to. I mean, like we kind of 
talked about, like it, it doesn't seem like sort of top of management is super, super plugged into what's going on down there. Um, and that you would think is going to be a, a big detriment longer term. Um, I mean, even what in Fletcher's press conference, what last week, two weeks ago, um, talking about Hayden Hodgson, they're like, this guy just came out of nowhere. I'm like, I know he was in no, Reading. He like he's been in your system. Yeah. What are you talking about? You I know. I, I heard that. I was like, wow, that was brutal. Yeah, not, not great. Yeah. And I think that part of the lack of continuity and the lack of having that GM leads to them losing a lot of the, you know, AHL veterans that they need to support these prospects. And, you know, you talked about new prospects coming to the team next year. I am also very excited about that. I think, you know, we'll probably see Tyson Forster come, come back and start mm-hmm. with the Phantoms. You know, there, there's going to be a number of, of kids to be excited about on that team next year, but you know, to me, like guys like Cal O'Reilly and Garrett Wilson and Logan Day and even Matt Strom to some degree, and I can't believe I'm saying those words, but yes, uh, I think that those guys are kind of important to keep some stability on the Phantoms roster and to be those guys that are supporting these prospects in their growth and development. But um, so I worry if the Phantoms are going to bring any of them back or not. But if there's any of those guys, you know, I've, I think Cal O'Reilly is a no-brainer. But is there anybody else from the veteran side of things, Maddie, that you think are a must-bring back? I'm a big fan of, of Garrett Wilson. I like what he's done uh, through his run here. Um, yeah, th- those two I think are the big ones um, in terms of what they've been able to do on ice, and it seems like that are in presence in the room wise like to use sort of a hockey man buzz term but yeah those i would say are the the big two for me and what about non minnesota wild uh alum do you think they'll reach out and try and get like one other veteran ahl guy to sort of plug in there i don't have anybody in mind uh but you know i like i I just know it's going to be some Minnesota connection. Like they cannot resist, but um, yeah, I, I would like to see like at least one other veteran brought in. I haven't looked at the numbers in terms of how many bodies they're going to have with prospects just yet. Um, probably should have looked at that, but um, yeah, it's going to be a young team. I think bringing in a bit more stability would help, but also like, Max Willman has been on this team for forever and he's old enough that he could probably step up. So some of their sort of middle guys, I think, could also do that job in a pinch. I also think given what happened with his injury this past year, they're going to want to give Ryan Fitzgerald another full season I think he could be a part of it as well but again I just hope that the Phantoms are not an afterthought that they really take care in figuring out who those people are going to be and how they can support whatever prospects end up on the team yeah it's important it is and I know I just said I don't want to be Debbie Downer here but (laughs) I I don't know I don't feel great about it just looking at like how the Iowa system was when Fletcher and Blair were in Minnesota, that, that team never found a ton of success. And Except it kind the of name was like really they were... good. They were the Iowa chops for a while. That was the best name in hockey. <laughs> a plus. But you know, the, the Flyers, I think, you know, one of the plus guys that people will forget about 
that they'll get next year. So they'll get Zay Wisdom back. And that'll mm-hmm. help. Very excited to see him back. Yeah, like I said, I think there's a, a real possibility that there'll be some exciting players coming back, like Zade Wisdom, like Tyson Forster, and then who knows what'll come out of this year's draft as well. So very much looking forward to all of that. Uh, Maddie, is there anything we haven't touched on that you're like burning to talk about from a Phantoms perspective? Just really hope they figure it out down there. It's been such a weird and not fun year and I think the stakes are really high this year I mean Fletcher keeps talking about they want to build up the Flyers with a core of younger more skilled players in and around age 25 and this is the easiest way for them to do that is to fill in with guys that they've spent a ton of time drafting scouting uh, developing and it's been a little dodgy up until this point, uh, their development of guys through their farm system. Um, and they've really got to figure it out soon. They do. That is definitely the biggest point for the Phantoms going into this offseason. Well, hopefully we will get some positive news over this offseason and they'll put forth some really quality signings to help support this team and we will get to read all about it from you on broad street hockey maddie thank you so much for joining us uh, where can people find you uh find me broadstreethockey.com we've got draft stuff coming up so lots of fun prospect content and i'm on twitter at madeline campbell no e in campbell because twitter too long <laughs> thanks again Maddie and hopefully we'll be talking to you about the Phantoms and the Flyers again soon All right, thanks once again to Maddie Campbell from Broad Street Hockey that was so great always good to get an outside perspective yep and she's good she is All right, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing they uh, put out a Mother's Day post there were some really cute pictures in the collage i especially liked the cam atkinson and his mom photo in there he i feel like he's another ageless wonder that he looks kind of the same now as he he did when he was a teenager yeah the one thing i think of all the sports i think the hockey moms get the most love because they're the ones schlepping their kids from from rink to rink to rink like it's just the way it is and carrying that equipment bag which is you know a big deal and it smells. Oh, God. Yes, I can attest to that. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. On tomorrow's episode is going to be a special episode that is a roundtable with all of the you know kind of top lottery teams that we did on the Locked On NHL network. And I'm very excited to bring that to you. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup final game, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from all the local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.
Have a great day.